Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman, and I am the host of Track World News, presented by The Harrier, and today marks the sixth episode of our docuseries, Moving Mountains, which follows the chaotic 2020-2021 track season for Mount St. Mary's University. In the last episode, we looked at the final pre-championship tune-up and the record-breaking triple jump performance that topped it all off. If you haven't listened to that one, I recommend that you strongly listen to that episode first before tuning into this one. Today starts the beginning of championship week, and none of the previous results matter at all. The only thing that really counts from here on out is the spot on the podium. Outside of the actual championship, there was some landmark news announced entering this week. The Nationals field was reinstated to the original 48 athletes from the 32 that was just announced at the beginning of the season. With a new number to focus on and just one or two possible meets remaining, a handful of student athletes that just a week ago would need a miracle in order to qualify now find themselves just seconds or inches away from the national championship dreams. While this was great news to hear, it would have been even better if the NCAA had maintained this ruling throughout the entire season, so student-athletes and coaches wouldn't have to completely adjust their game plans entering the most important meets of the season, when the focus is more on podium placement rather than time or height. After a year and a half of waiting, the day has finally arrived. The team would be traveling to Bryant University in Rhode Island, where the only thing in between them and championship glory is a seven-hour bus ride. As the team made their way to the COVID testing site, just hours before they got on the bus, the team was hit with the hardest news of the year and at the worst possible time. So, so the individuals are obviously heartbroken. And all of the, you know, they felt robbed last year. These individuals are getting robbed this year from, again, a, a, a championship opportunity. And, and they're, they're heartbroken. Um, I think one thing track coaches have to figure out uh, really, really quickly is how to both be with people at their low points and in the same moments or same days or same hours, be with people at their high points, right? You have someone PR and win a conference and someone false start. In the same 20 minutes, you're with people that are heartbroken, you're with people that, that are um, uh, that just had the best performance of their life. So, so we're we're able to sort of walk that line. And so it, it, when we started testing positive, um, one of the things I, I reached out to the entire coaching staff um, um, and I said, look, we need to be with these people that are that are tested positive. We need to go there with them, we need to cry with them, we need to to be in that space with them. Um, 
but there's a there's a worry that these type of emotions could spread to the individual groups or could spread to the team and we can't let that happen right we can't let the fact that that Todd or Brian or Cage you know big big point scorers on the men's side aren't going to be able to compete for us affect the other throwers or affect the other sprinters or affect the team at all because we were going in thinking we could do xyz in the conference and now it's it's probably not going to happen right so <laughs> Uh, so, so how to, for us as a coaching staff to get on the same page, because how, how we respond to this type of adversity, the, the team's going to take their cues from us, right? So if we come to practice the next day and we're pouting and, and this and that, like the team's going to respond this way. If we come to practice, uh, um, I basically said, like, we have these core values, like, like live, pick these core, pick whichever one resonates with you most in this moment and just live that out going into the championship and the athletes will, will, will follow that. Um, uh, and, and they did, right. Right. The, the coaching staff responded, the athletes responded. Um, uh, we were able to, to pull it off where we were with the people that were heartbroken. And at the same time, the, 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 the team still, and my, my sort of mantra to them was like, look, we're going to get off the bus with whoever's with whoever's able to compete and let's just punch as hard as we can because that's who we are, right? We're a courageous, resilient, selfless team. Let's be that team. Let's punch as hard as we can and let's see what happens. Um, and so that way, individuals that have their own individual goals, right, they're, they're, that's how they help the team, right? First and foremost, by if you can win a conference title, win a conference title. Um, but for everybody else, just to try to keep a positive energy going um, um, by, by PRing, by competing, you know, really, really well. Um, uh, both the men and women's team were were affected. The men's obvious or men's a little bit more than the women's. Um, you know, Lesha she was able to compete, but she um, she had COVID, tested positive sort of a couple weeks before, and in her distance events, she gave it everything she had and just wasn't just wasn't the same person. So you know, it 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 uh, um, uh, and we kind of had that sense going in with her practices and 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 things like that, but uh, um. But then, but then also the conversation with the individuals is how do you still help the team? Like Lesha getting out there and everyone seeing her pour her heart into something um, helps the team stay positive, right? The, the guys that, that weren't at the meet, you know, making it obvious that they're watching the live stream, you know, blowing up our team's group chat, reaching out to, to people doing well or poorly, picking them up or congratulating, like, like, find a way to help this team win, even though you're stuck in a, in a quarantine dorm, you know, mm -hmm. states yeah. away. Just days out from competition, the Mount saw five of their top athletes test positive for COVID and they would not be able to compete at the conference championship. This last minute news would cost the team around 30 points and in a championship that would come down to the wire every point counts. The team didn't quit though. Was there a new challenge ahead? Yes. But at a championship, anything can happen. This year's championship was strange for a variety of reasons. First, there would be no fans in attendance, so the stadium would be bare and feel more like a practice rather than a championship. This mandate went for athletes as well. Runners would not be allowed to be on the infield or the stands if they were not competing or warming up for their race. On top of all of this, 
The biggest change was the structure of the meet as a whole. Under normal circumstances, the men and the women would compete at the same time, alternating events and really allowing for both the men and the women's teams to cheer on one another to show the most amount of support. This year, the NEC decided to flip the script in order to limit the amount of athletes in the venue at a single time. Now, the men would be competing in the mornings and the women would be competing in the afternoons. This meant that the hotel live streams were flowing, since the women weren't allowed in the stadium to cheer on the men's teams, and vice versa. Another minor inconvenience that this created was the hotel situation. Now, the two teams that would normally stay in the same hotel were forced to sleep in different hotels which were separate from one another and were not able to see each other until the final day of competition. For the men, having five of the top point scorers out of the competition was a new hurdle made even more challenging when they arrived and saw that no other schools had the same amount of effects that they were having. Many of the schools had issues earlier on in the season, which they had recovered from by now. The mount was very clean throughout the entire season. It was just this last-minute hiccup that forced them to adapt. And adapt, they did. Saturday, May 1st, 2021. The opening rounds of the NEC Championship. While many of the races on the track were only prelims, we did still see many excellent performances on both sides. In the mid-afternoon, the men lined up for the 4x800 meter relay. Grant West started off the team within the first third of the group, handing off the baton to Khalil Reed in fourth place. With 250 meters to go, Khalil really started to push and caught up to the first group to give the baton to John Wang in third place. John's experience in the steeplechase really showed at the end of his leg as the other runners began to fade and he claimed a second place position going into the anchor leg. At this point, it was a four-team race. Wagner, Bryant, Sacred Heart, and Mount St. Mary's. With 100 meters to go, senior Colin Kelly took advantage of the slower pace and outkicked the field to claim the first gold medal of the entire weekend. This was a pivotal moment of the day because now the team had momentum going into the rest of the competition. Another athlete that made some noise on day one was Dylan Leneau. As you know, Dylan has been setting records and proving that he is a force to be reckoned with in all of the jumps this season. Going into the championship, he definitely had a target on his back. Last indoor season, he left Staten Island with two gold medals, 25 total points, outstanding jumper award, as well as MVP of the meet. Today, he was competing in the high jump and the long jump. In high jump, he was clean through his first six bars, but was unable to clear 2.09 meters, which St. Francis jumper Bryce Collins cleared on his second attempt. This gave him a second place finish and eight total points to his name. In long jump, Dylan was leading the competition after the first round with a leap of 7.04 meters. But then in round two, Tico Orgo of FDU bettered his jump by 21 centimeters, and that was a lead that never gave up. These were a crucial 16 points, and paired with a bronze finish in the 10K by Will Merritt, as well as some other performances, the men finished out day one in second place with 34 team points, just behind Wagner with 55. The women had some excellent performances as well. In the 4x800 meter relay, the race quickly turned into a two-team race for first, the Mount and Wagner. Adria Pizzori passed the baton to Destiny Boone in third place, which was a very solid position going into the second leg. 
By the tail end of the second leg, teams began to stretch out as LIU and Merrimack dropped off for a few meters. Freshman Emma Strickland went back and forth with Wagner, but ended up about a meter or so behind when the anchor leg took over. Tess Long made an attempt to push for gold in the last curve, but wasn't able to have enough, and the mount finished with a well-deserved silver medal. Senior thrower Emily Ecker... Senior thrower Emily Eckerd also had herself a day. Coming into the meet, she had a personal best of 46.77 meters in the hammer throw, a throw that she had made just one week prior. And on her very first throw, she set a new personal best by two meters. In fact, every single one of her throws was over what was her old personal best that she set just the week before. Going into the last round of the finals, she was sitting in fourth place by just about 11 centimeters. And then, on her last throw of the day, she was able to do something that she was hoping to complete in the beginning of the season. Break 50 meters. After the hammer slammed into the green grass and the officials tightened the measuring tape, they read out 50.25 meters. A new personal best, a bronze finish, and good enough for the third best throw in Mount St. Mary's history. While the women closed out the day in seventh place, many of their top runners qualified for the finals, and they were ready to improve their team placement dramatically on Sunday. Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. Finals day for the NEC Championship. Coming into the morning in second place, the men's team were more than in it. Even with all of the injuries that they have sustained, they still had an opportunity to win. Senior Will Merritt came back to the 5K to secure a silver medal, bringing his points totals to 14 on the weekend. 400-meter hurdler Justin Sievright put together the best race of his career and was just barely outleaned at the line to earn a silver medal as well. Before we go over to the field, we have to take a look at what was the most emotional race in this entire championship. It's 1 p.m., the sun is shining, and eight men tow the line for the final of the 800 meters. Among the sea of Bryant and Wagner jerseys is a lone Mountie, Colin Kelly, who is a man on a mission. Uh, yeah, the day under it was probably like you, uh, everyone saw. It was very emotional for me. It meant a lot. Um, we kind of just went in with the goal of, you know, if someone wants to take it out, go for it. If I have to take it, I have to take it. Uh, I've ran a 150 solo before, so I was very much ready for if it was Will Cutherston or Rich, uh, Richard Gardswick to go and run a 149, 150. I was ready for it. Um, but, you know, the first 100 meters, I found myself in the front and no one was going. We went through the first 200, I think, like 25, 26. So it was quick off the start, but that's just how every start is for an 800. Um, and then I kind of did a little look back and I saw that, you know, no one was challenging me. So I just, I, you know, this might sound like a little cocky, but I felt like I had the best kick in the field. So I was going to take it until 200 meters. Um, and I think we went through in 400 and like 58, 59, which is very, very slow for a final. Um, I just wanted to take it as strategic as I could. And I believe Oliver uh, Kasik actually, uh, he he actually passed me um, going through 400 meters and 
um, pretty much one thing uh, Coach Fitz always told me was, you know, don't be scared to respond. Like, that was the one thing I always struggled, like, from freshman to sophomore years. I would never respond when someone would pass me. I'd be like, oh, okay, there it goes. There goes the race. And, you know, it happened in the – it happened in the 800 and the 4 by 8 and I was very happy with it. I responded. I just stayed on them. Um, 200 left. Um, I was still in the race. Uh, I felt Richard Grudz would come up on my right, and he kind of passed me. Kasik uh, was in front of me, and I there was, it was a little scared with 100, like 120 left that I'm going to get boxed in. I don't know what to do, so I kind of just swung right, went to lane three. I don't know how I got pushed out all the way, and it was just kind of just the mental, like, you just got to push through it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I still get, I still get chills thinking about like, just hearing the team. Like, usually I can't hear anything, but like in that moment I heard, like even my old teammates from St. Francis cheer for me and Mount, uh, my Mount teammates cheer for me. And it was just a very, like, very emotional, uh, time for me and being able to cross a line knowing I won and, I remember actually uh, re-watching it and the commentator was like, oh, Colin Kelly's celebrating a little too early. Um, it's just, you know, I took a look back and I knew I had it. And um, I just, it was very, very crazy. I actually, like you said, it was very emotional. I actually ran off the, ran, I didn't stop running. I ran right over to Coach Fitz and he gave me one of these and we just jumped up and uh, it's just, you know, being able to win it it has always been a dream of mine. I've always wanted, you know, not just going to division one. I've always wanted to win my conference, uh, you know, do all these things and for it to come, to come to life is awesome. And um, for, you know, Fitz even knows Fitz and uh, coach Katie, you know, they all knew how, what it meant to me. And I broke down. I wasn't going to, uh, Katie was actually one of my old teammates. So like she came over to me and gave me a real big hug and like, I was fine. Fitz gave me a hug and I was like, Oh, let's go. You know, we, we did it. We were all hyping each other up. And then Katie gave me a hug and she started crying and she said, you finally did it. And you know, I just broke down and, um, you know, some people probably look at it and they're like, Oh, this kid's overreacting, but it's been four years of just, you know, blood, sweat and tears. I didn't come in as a, you know, five-star um, track athlete. I was, you know, a walk-on. So for me to be able to go into there and my name to be thrown out there, like this kid could win it and actually do it is, um, it's very, uh, um, very proud moment for myself. And it's, um, that's just like, that's the whole 800. <laughs> I watched the video, me and my mom, my mom, I actually came home. My mom came and watched it. She was like, oh, I love watching it. And we watched it. She loves uh, bragging about it, so it's I, I can relive that every every day, and I love it. This one gold medal was four years in the making, and the emotion on his face after being embraced by his coaches on the infield shows it all. While the men were limited on the amount of runners that made it to the final, this race was a huge momentum boost. Seeing one of your teammates give it all that they got, post a negative split, and make a come-from-behind gold medal championship help them propel the rest of the way. Moving to the field events for the men, things were just heating up. The pole vault just began in the morning, and freshman Carter Holsinger finished the day with his first conference medal in third place. As the bar went higher, senior Carter Knave started off his competition. 
Coming off of a meniscus injury from earlier on in the season, he was a bit hesitant during warm-ups, but by the time the competition started, he was all set to do some incredible things. Yeah, so we were just aiming to clear some early bars and just feel good throughout the competition. And once, uh, uh, once that I knew that I uh, won the meet, basically, I was able to uh, focus on some higher goals. So I started the competition really early, I think around 4.30, which was coming in really high for the meet, actually. I think I was, I think I was the last pole vaulter to come in. And uh, yeah, I cleared that bar and I won the meet, I think around that I didn't have to take another jump. So uh, I was able to choose any bar that I wanted to. And going from 530 to five meters is definitely (laughs) something that uh, you usually don't do. But uh, I was feeling really good throughout the whole competition, really throughout the whole day. So I uh, obviously talked to Coach Stevenson and he uh he agreed that I should just go for it and so yeah I uh I think I it was actually 501 uh for the NEC record so I I went from 430 to 501 and luckily I was able to clear it on my first attempt and then after realizing that I jumped 501 and it wasn't good enough to get me into NCAAs I was like oh no I have to jump 505 now so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was able to clear that on my second attempt pretty close, but uh, good enough to get me over the bar. And yeah, so really good meet overall. Being former teammates with Carter, seeing him not only win his first conference championship, but to do it with a conference and a school record made it all the better. I remember I was watching the competition, pacing left and right, nervous as everything, knowing that he had some big bars on the way and had only jumped one during an actual competition. Luckily, he took it all in stride and put himself in 35th in the region. As of that jump, he would be going to the NCAA championship, but there were still plenty of other schools that hadn't had their conference championships yet, so he would have to keep an eye out for them. In the triple jump pit, the same competitive atmosphere that we saw just two weeks ago in Emmitsburg, Maryland, was back at the NEC, and they were proving why they are one of the best triple jump conferences in the entire nation. Coming off of his major win, Dylan had his eyes on another gold medal, but the competition would not make it easy for him, or anyone for that matter, to be champion. Even though he posted his second best jump of all time, he missed the podium and cleared fourth place. At the top were three jumpers that cleared over 51 feet. And reflecting on his NEC championship, Dylan had a lot of positives, even though he was still determined to perform better. Yeah, for sure. Um, going into NECs, I was looking like in in the rankings, you know, looking at Tiefers, um, I was looking good. You know, I I always have super high goals. I think I told Josh that I wanted to win a gold medal on all three jumps, um, and obviously that's very ambitious. And um, I was sitting in a good spot for triple. Um, I was in second. I, I knew there were some really good jumpers that I had to beat. And obviously the freshman from FDU is, is, is incredible. You know, he's, he's really good. And um, long jump, I felt good. You know, I, I, uh, I know I have a, a good jump in me um, for conferences. I don't do long jump all too often, but I can kind of translate that from triple. You know, if I'm doing well in triple, I can kind of translate it over. 
And, uh, you know, high jump wasn't going 100% the way I wanted it to, but I, I was in a good spot, you know. Um, I was really happy with it. And my performance at NCs was, was I was really happy with it. Like, like I said before, um, like, if someone beats me, I feel like they they really deserve it, you know. Um, I feel like I work really hard. And, and Bryce, you know, I know Bryce, he, he went to um, – he went to the prelim and I, I, I worked with him a little bit in the winter, um, uh, helping him out. He came to around my hometown and we were training together in the winter and I got to know him a little bit and he's a really nice kid and he worked really hard. He beat me by like one attempt. I felt like I had 209 in me, you know, um, and uh, it was right after long jump, getting a little fatigued up there. I had a really clean card. I did everything I could do and, and, and Bryce was the better guy that day, you know, and, and same with long jump, you know, I had a good jump, put myself in first and Tycho comes out with a 7.35, you know, I, I put a good number down, and Tycho, you know, phenomenal jump, and, and props to him, you know, and he takes takes the gold, two silvers, walking out of the first day, I'm a little salty, because I, I lost by, you know, a, a, a small fraction, but, you know, I'll take it, and uh, triple jump, you know, is obviously the toughest one, going into it last, being a person who does all three jumps, is, um, you know, I'm, I was getting tired, you know, and I felt like I had a big jump in me, but, um, you know, uh, it was a crazy competition, you know, Salif jumping over 16, Jasira getting close to 16, Tycho doing his thing, getting in the 1570s. And I worked as hard as I could to, you know, get out there, but I just, I couldn't jump like I could, you know, I was getting a little fatigued and um, I was happy with what I did. I just told coach that I did everything I could, you know, and, and I put myself in the position I could have. And um, I improved an insane amount and still got fourth, you know, and uh, that just shows how competitive our triple jump is. And uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good thing to see, but it's also a tough thing to deal with, you know, um, but I love the competition and it's great. Um, and as for the, the atmosphere in NECs, you know, um, the first day was, was definitely tough, especially long jump. We're on the, the whole other side too. Um, like the, the bleachers were on one side of the track and not only is there not a lot of people there, but we were on the completely other side of the track and um, you know, it, it was very quiet at times and it was hard to get energy going and get people like, um, like it, it was really had to be done with like our teammates, you know, like Sean, like, like Sire, like, um, uh, like Antonio and Darian, um, like they had to be there for each other. Like those, those small amount of teammates just in the event with you had to really bring the energy. And, and it was tough, you know, we, we had to be loud. You know, I remember like yelling for Sean, like if you hear echo, you don't normally hear that. It's like ridiculous. There's like nobody there. And, um, but as for the second day, you know, it was really cool because we kind of overlapped and the women came in and we by far had the biggest group um, of Mount St. Mary's, just a huge group of, of people just there cheering. And um, as we finished up, it was great to see how much support we had right there. And uh, it got a lot louder the second day. And, Obviously, we took a bunch of hits, getting hit with COVID at the wrong time, um, going into NECs, and um, it was tough to deal with, but uh, we really fought, and I was really proud of the team and how we did and uh, how we supported each other, given the circumstances, you know. The men's team showed that they were never going to give up, even though they were facing a major obstacle entering the championship. Concluding the meet, the team finished in third place with 115 points. Wagner won the championship with 165, and Central Connecticut came in second place with 128. Not only that, but Dylan also took home the Most Outstanding Jumper Award for his 21-point performance. Day two for the women was a busy one. 
As I mentioned earlier, they were coming into Sunday in seventh place and had a lot of ground to make up if they wanted to be in title contention. Luckily, the team was ready to compete that day. Coming off of her huge day in the hammer throw, Emily Eckerd set a new personal best once again in the discus with a throw of 39.42 meters, which earned her third place and her second medal on the weekend. Following her stellar leg in the 4x800 meters, Tess Long also captured a third place finish in the 1500 meters as well. Not to mention, senior pole vaulter Rachel Finn also captured a silver medal in her contest. However, the real stories for this meet came in the hurdles and the 400 meter dash. In the hurdles, star senior Najee Nickerson showed up and showed out. Determined to claim her first outdoor title, she would not be denied a gold medal. Yeah, so I'll start off with the 100 hurdles since that one's first, but um, Vermont, I came into finals in second um, by some, some a decent time so you know I was ready to race ready to compete um but for my finals I kind of had a slow start so I realized that and so my goal was just to make up as much time as possible so I did that by basically just getting off the hurdle as quick as possible just building my momentum and the race was so close at the end that when I finished I didn't, I finished very strong, but I had no idea who had won. Like I thought it was me, but I wasn't completely sure. So after I finished, I hurry up, I try and turn, walk back to the to the clock to make sure that, I, you know, I, I'm seeing this right. Um, but before I could even get back, I just hear cheering in my name. So I had known that, you know, I snagged the win. So that was exciting. Um, I saw, walked back to the board, had a major PR. So I was excited about that, especially coming off of an injury. So um, that was a great start to the final day. And then for my 400 hurdle start, um, I had no race strategy. Uh, coach knows that I was struggling with my 400 hurdle race for like three weeks. I just kept going over the hurdles with my weak leg, which I can do, but I just don't feel as confident. So before I even go up to compete, I just ask him, I'm like, should I get out slower? <laughs> and he just looks at me and he's like, no. <laughs> and so him and I, we normally see eye to eye. He didn't even have to say anything else. I just knew what I had to do. So um, I just got out. Um, faster than I normally would, still a little bit slow, but I realized halfway throughout the race that um, it was pretty close. So I just tried to kick it into a new gear. And at the end, um, I was able to make up a lot of time and again, another PR and snag another win. So that was exciting. To say that the races were close is an understatement. Going into the seventh hurdle of the 100 meter hurdles, Najee was in second place. As a viewer, I was yelling at my TV, Najee, you gotta move. I knew this was her last chance at winning a conference gold, and I didn't want to see her go out without it. She was also not the only success story in that race either. Teammate Carrington Smith had a one-second personal best to claim a bronze medal in her first career medal. Best friend of Najee, Chalice, had a very busy weekend as well. Normally competing in one or two events during a meet, she found herself doubling that mark and doing the 200, the 400, the 4x1, and the 4x4. While the 400 is her main event, she did exceptional in all four of them, scoring in every single event 
and getting bronze medals in the 200 and the 4x400. Thank you for asking. It definitely was a chaotic and long weekend, more than I usually am adjusted to. I'm used to doing at other uh, championships. I'm used to doing the 400, the 400 finals, and then 4x4. But this time, as I mentioned before, I did the 400, 200, 4x1, and then the finals for that and the 4x4. Um, but honestly, the first day, I just told myself, just relax, just take it one step at a time. Like in, on the first day, um, it, it wasn't as bad and I had a couple hours, but then the second day I happened to make the finals for my 400 and the 200 and I also had the four by one and four by four. But um, a quote that Justine Miller always told me from, she's a uh, academic coordinator for student athletes back at the Mount, but she tells me, be where your feet are. And I have been listening to that all year because I've been stressing myself out, working myself hard, trying to, you know, just do my best and just finish the senior year strong. And I just keep telling myself, be where your feet are. And that is exactly what I told myself at championship weekend. Just be where your feet are. Just focus on one event at a time and just bring the best you can. I mean, if you're tired, just block that out. Just give it all you got and just see where it can get you. And, you know, it did get me far and I'm happy and I'm proud that I was able to finish strong until the very end, at least. With the strong performance at what would be her last individual race in a Mount uniform, she set a huge personal best and a school record with a time of 55.20 seconds. This record was originally set in 1992 by Jackie Israel and is one of the longest standing school records in the Mount. Just like in the hurdles with Najee, Chalice wasn't the only one to find success in her race. Junior Dominique Jeffries set a new personal best with a time of 56.71 seconds to secure a second place finish. All of the excellent performances by these women, along with the others that scored crucial points, helped catapult them from 7th place all the way to 2nd place. The Mount scored 113 points, and the champion St. Francis tallied 195 across the weekend. Looking at the meet from a bird's eye view, the team showed up in a big way. While the final numbers didn't tell the whole story, the performances that every individual put forward does, and head coach Jay Phillips looks back at it as he sees the positives from the team. You know, once once the team was there, the men's and then the women's, or I forget which one actually went first now that I think about it, but um, uh, it more or less felt like a normal meet. There were, there were some weird, there were some odd things here and there, but definitely a normal meet given given a COVID meet situation. Um, the, the biggest thing that affected us the most, and, I, and again, I think we handled, handled it well, was, was having the split genders, right? So having just a men's portion and then just a women's portion, or again, it might've been vice versa, but like it, um, for a team that, that identifies as one team, for a team that uses both genders to drive this, this positive energy, particularly at championships, like we felt that, like that was hard. You felt like you just, like you weren't, you weren't with your brothers and sisters in moments when, when you're used to having them there and you want to be there and, and they want you there. Um, and, 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 and that was hard. I mean, I'm sure the fans, um, the fans in general affected things, but I think where, where it hit us most was just not having, not, not having the genders there at the same time. Um, um, now, again, now we, we knew it going in and we said, look, like be on that live stream, blow up this team group chat, text people. And again, like, I'm not, 
I'm not a social media sort of guy, or I don't know how that works, but even I could appreciate the type of energy that that, that, that group chat was creating. Um, um, and, and it just, it just kept everybody up. So again, I, I mean, it was it ideal. No. Did we, did we have a plan for it? Yes. Did the plan pull it off to the best that we could? Nothing was the same this season, but, but, but I think we did, a, we responded pretty well. Um, in terms of standout performances, there's just, there's just too many to count. I mean, and that's, and it, and it really was an amazing weekend for us. So, um, you know, Dylan Lanou getting, getting jumper of the meet right? Um, gold medals from Carter, Colin, men's four by eight, Chalice, Najee took home two, um, uh, you know, uh, other medalists, right? Women's four by eight, Rachel Finn, um, uh, I think Emily, Tess, uh, and then uh, Carrington, um, Dom, uh, Will, John Wang, um, and then just other really good gutsy performances, people stepping up, um, uh, uh, Grant West, um, Kenna Hopkins, Sobo, Ooch, Emma, Destiny. I mean, just all sort of event areas all over the place. Um, uh, and, and for us, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a truly an, an amazing championship. I mean, I think, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves in sort of defaulting back to these core values, particularly in tough situations. And, and we did that. You saw a courageous, selfless, focused, resilient team. And I think going in, once, once you pulled out our COVID people, we were supposed to get fourth and sixth based on the, the entries and the performance list. And to come out with second and third, again, just shows how, how our team was, was, was ready for that weekend. Following this meet, most of the team will conclude their season and return back home for summer break. But the season isn't over for everyone. A select group of athletes will compete in both regional and national championship competitions, which we'll cover in our next episode. If you're enjoying this docuseries, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. These episodes take a lot of time to make, and all the support is really appreciated. Have a good one, and peace.